Hey there, and welcome to Courageous Radiance Podcast. My name is Brittany Dixon. This is a place, a podcast place, where women are encouraged and inspired amongst other women who are just as busy or even busier. You know, our calendars are full. Our lives go at ridiculous speeds. It seems that each season, our assignment changes. The season of life changes. How do we respond to that in fullness and in joy? So this is a place to be equipped, inspired, and encouraged to remain anchored in the only ability to carry that assignment out well, which is in Jesus Christ. Friends, he is our hope. He is our ability to live life to its fullness. He promises us that. We get to live life to its fullness here, and we have hope for what is coming ahead in eternity. Hey there, this is Brainy. Thanks so much for joining the podcast this week. Y'all, I am grieved, truly grieved, in the recent events in this DFW area. And it's sad to say that this is nothing new, that it's it's new it's new in that it hasn't been this close to you know proximity but it's not new and that grieved me more because i i was even just thinking of events that are going on right now that i don't know of and that not any one human can know every single grievance that's happening right now but god and it's like Initially, the grief causes you to ask why and to see gaps in God's goodness, possibly, or question that. Or it can draw you near to him saying, God, I don't know, but you do. And I want to trust you and surrender to you because otherwise my grievances my my grieving will increase my anxiety it'll increase my fear and fear can't coexist with faith and i don't want to self rely i want to keep surrendering so i want to remain prayerful and i want to remain dwelling you know as life just cuts and it bruises us, right? But in that initial cut, I, I think about bleeding whatever whatever it is that you're dwelling in. So if I'm dwelling with God consistently and not just for a check mark on my Bible reading app or um, you know, for an inner level of pride that look what I did. But I'm reading and and dwelling with God because I'm hungry for him. I want him that much. I love him that much. I want to know more about him. And as I know more about him, I want to know even more about him, which causes me to want to obey him even more and trust him even more. It's like this, this cycle that causes the pain in life that is pain. And, and it hurts and it can't just um, go away 
just because I have these numbing sources in my life. So for me, some of those numbing things are like sleep or um, honestly, even just Netflix binging. I mean, that's got to be a form of numbing nowadays, right? The, the new modern form of alcohol, Netflix binging. And I even had to stop myself for watching this new series that I, I saw pop up that I wanted to jump right in because I really just wanted to sit and be with the Lord right now. I don't want to just turn off the light in, in inside just to go into my hidden place internally. I want to be able to sit with the Lord and dwell with the Lord. And in his in his healing, man, it's it's impossible to get that from any other source. But our faith, it, it really is gonna challenge faith. And when I'm thinking of faith, it just even the definition that Paul outlines in, in, in Hebrews eleven one, it's the reality or assurance based on your translation of what is hoped for. The proof or the evidence, again, translation dependent, the, the proof of what is not seen. So that is challenging in the middle of grief because it really is going to bring out where your hope is. What is it that you're anchored in? What is it that's sustaining you? Has it crumbled in this loss? Has this disappointment completely rerouted your your path? Possibly, right? But when we're anchored in Jesus, in the gospel, the real gospel, like the, the Jesus follow me gospel, when we're anchored in that, because Jesus didn't just call us to heaven, get a toe in heaven and then just live fruitless here. Our salvation experience was immediately supposed to go with a discipleship experience. And I am guilty of not doing that, mainly because just I ignorantly didn't know. And then when I was discipled, I didn't know that I was supposed to be a disciple maker. And well, I did know, but I rejected it out of fear. I didn't have the faith in God to think that I could make a disciple. Well, I don't know enough. I'm not experienced enough. The one who discipled me, how can I ever measure up to her? How can I ever do this? How can I will never be enough? And we start filling our minds with these lies. And then before we know it, we're paralyzed. And I think that's what this grief was starting to do. It was starting to, to remind me of different times when we're paralyzed by fear versus encouraged by faith and our hope, our anchored hope. That allows us to still not stuff our pain, you know, not face, I mean, we, we need to face it. Can't just go to sleep and turn everything off. We need to, we need to stare at our pain. But as we're staring at it, it's almost like we're handing it over to the source for how our pain can be fulfilled. So I wanted to read a scripture um, in Ephesians, but before I was doing that, I wanted to 
So last week I talked about the faith of Jehoshaphat. I really wanted to just briefly talk about the faith of a woman who I don't know the name of. But biblically speaking, there is in Genesis 4.22, there is a possible name. But but man, verses after verses after verses is Noah's wife. So the faith of this woman, Noah's wife, inspires me greatly. It talks about her in Genesis 6.18, Noah's wife. 7 7, Noah's wife. 7 13, Noah's wife. 8 15, his wife. 8 18, his wife. So there's the, her name isn't accounted for, but we know it's his wife. It says Noah's wife or his wife. And I immediately thought about, you know, just in alignment of this week of being cultivating courageous marriages, but again, just kind of changing this and, in and, respect to what's going on in my heart um that matters more and just lots of prayer of like god do i still talk about cultivating courageous marriages or do i talk about how how grieved i am and i think i could do both really um prayerfully i mean i was thinking about how much i've grieved in my marriage how much my husband has you know knowingly and unknowingly just he's human just as much as I've disappointed him and I failed him and I will continue to being human, I'm fallen. But I was thinking of different conversations I've had with women or even just thinking about my own situations in, in marriage. We're going to be celebrating our 16th year of marriage this, this week, which is just incredible. But I was like, man, what? but what if like my husband to God, like what if God considered him righteous? Like in the eyes of God, he was considered righteous or in alignment with God's plan because that's how Noah is defined. Noah is defined, Genesis 6, 8, that he found favor from with, with the Lord. 6, 9, Noah was righteous and blameless. Genesis 7, 1, Noah alone is, is righteous. In that generation compared, it's a stark difference in, in, in who he was surrounded in compared to Noah. God was ready to wipe everybody out. I mean, goodness, how how parallel is that to our our culture now, right? Just the world is like the world gone wild, you know? Remember Girls Gone Wild back early 2000s, I think that was. The world gone wild. The just the world is spinning exponentially out of control and moving further and further from the Lord. And it's even seeping into the church, which is really Second Timothy, where it talks about it's not just this the world who is still being A for consistency, the world. But now the world, the culture of the world is seeping into the church and it's changing the church and it's changing the church goers. And man, but Noah, it says, but Noah. So at that time, there was all of this foolishness and God was going to, and God was like, listen, I'm done. I'm wiping everybody out, but I found favor with Noah. And I thought about, okay, so, and just doing some research on this, it's not a hundred percent clear, but some simple math from when God told Noah to build the ark and when Noah was commanded to get in the ark is about a hundred years. So, I mean, listen, I mean, even if it's half of that, 
So this Joker is literally building this arc. I mean, just imagine for for like five seconds, your husband, who you love and are submitted to, and you try to follow Jesus, tells you this plan to do something that you've never seen a reason or a purpose to do, right? Like legitimately in Noah's life, in Noah's wife's life, there was no rain. So there was no reason to need an umbrella, to need any any rain boots, a slicker, none of it. I mean, and certainly not an ark. So I almost kind of wondered, like God was like, she with him when you had this conversation? Like, I'm just curious. Or did he just give this information to his wife? But that just shows the atrocities in my own heart and the foolishness in my own heart, <laughs> which God actually says in Genesis as well, just how all of our hearts are are, are evil and jacked up. But um, I would have like 28 questions. So, but God gives us amazing, very thorough description of how Noah is supposed to build this ark. And again, I'm like, where's your wife? Is she hearing this? Because I'm still trying to understand when she was wondering like, I mean... Okay, we getting laughed at, we getting talked about, I'm sure. You know, we're considered these fanatic, crazy folks to everybody else. I mean, I just wonder like all of the snarks and the, you know, the side eyes that that they were probably getting. And not that you should care, but I'm just curious at what this started to do within her heart. Did this start to rub her heart some other type of way where she was like, I don't even see why are we doing this? There's not a cloud. I mean, at what point at year 58 did she start to kind of question? I mean, legitimately, this is a long time. She was building or he was building this ark for upwards of 100 years or a little bit more. And then they're on this ark for like another year. So again, just wondering in my wife hat moment, Goodness, you got to be like really faithful. <laughs> like you got to really be like 100% submitted to the Lord. It's it's really a true picture of Ephesians 5 where we're submitting 5:22 where it says wives submit to your husband as to the Lord. And and this is a struggle and a lot of times the Holy Spirit is just like Brittany, do not say anything. And y'all, I cannot explain to you how many times I fail at doing that. And or fix your whole face. And it's really a test of it's like a refining pot for my own issues. And it really goes down to, again, what am I dwelling in? It really shows and cuts me. That cut shows where I'm truly dwelling. Am I dwelling in my gospel and my glory and my self-reliance or am I truly submitted and surrendered to God? without having even one of my 28 questions answered. So I just immediately was like, man, this woman must have been like truly faithful. I don't know anything about her, but I'm just saying based on the circumstances, putting this little puzzle piece together, it just makes sense that, man, she had to be like a dweller. She looked like a true faithful dweller of God. And it's really, again, I mentioned it last week, a picture of Proverbs 31 verse 30, that ultimately all of these things that, that she's doing and running her household, including her boat household for a whole year, is really based on her fear of the Lord. 
it's really her standing, her position. And that's the woman that's to be praised. The woman who truly fears the Lord, the, the woman who dwells with the Lord and not just to get her, you know, Instagram hashtag blessed life, but blessed meaning I'm blessed because I'm walking in alignment with God, whether that comes with something attached to it physically that's temporary or not, whether that comes with a following of 10 more people, a hundred more people, a thousand more people, but it just truly, it begs for us to question our motives. And, and this is me included because it's like, okay, is my motive to be right? Is my motive to follow God? Is my motive for my glory? Is my motive to be controlling? I mean, this is a constant piece of just when the more I dwell, the lower I go at his feet, man, the Holy Spirit just starts truly like, it's a Psalm 139 where it's like, search me, Lord. It's just like he, it's like the lower I go, the the more I dwell, the more I'm in prayer, the more I'm in relationship. He just, and, and, and I'm, I'm sure he's always been inspecting me, but I'm, I'm more aware of it. My awareness of it is more heightened. Finally getting to scripture <laughs> that I wanted to really read, but in, in Ephesians um, chapter three, Verse 16, I pray that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you being rooted and firmly established in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width, height and depth of God's love. And to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Dwell. When we, are, when we dwell, we're, we're strengthened by this divine level of strength that is impossible to craft, create, go sit in a course, eight courses, go buy this bit. You can't get it. It's, it's impossible. It is, it is only by dwelling and we dwell in faith and in faith we please God and when we please God we we're, we're our heart's concern is to obey him so true story just transparent moment and a lot of my marriage struggles um almost a decade. It was a long time of, 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 a, of diff, marriage difficulty. I went to the left and it's not readily talked about, but you know, Eddie and I don't talk about it a lot, but again, as I'm dwelling <laughs> and going, Lord, God is like, yeah, remember, remember what happened when you went to the left because you had your empty cup and you were tired, you fatigued, and as you should be with this foolishness that was going on, but you didn't come to me, your source. You went off on your own island. You were trying to get your own fix and your own fill. And then it's not even abandoning your husband. You abandoned me. And I'm your well. I'm who you should be turning to. I'm who you should be in alignment with. Y'all, it just, it, it was like a, a reminder of what, is at stake when I stop bleeding 
the product of dwelling with God. It's just too risky. It's too risky to, it's so intriguing, like almost like, mm, I, I just kind of want to go after my plans. Kind of want to go after this following. I kind of want to go after this money. I kind of feel like Jesus needs me. So I got to do, I kind of, I kind of, right? Or in my case, in this season, at the end of the season, I just got tired. And I'm like, I just want to do me. But in doing that, I didn't see it as abandoning God, but I was. I stopped walking in faith. And I just think about this, this wife, this woman, man, what would have happened if she would have went to the left and stopped faithfully trusting her husband as to the Lord or obeying and, and, and honoring him and building him up and, and, and all that he needs. He's already, you know, him against the world, building this art for something that he don't even see is going to happen. But to know that, you know, God told you. So I just want to encourage that, man, whether this is a difficult week for you or not, whether this is a difficult season for you or not, I just really want to encourage you to know that the Lord is present. And y'all, where we grieve, God is like, like he grieved, he grieved our foolishness before we knew our foolishness. You know what I'm saying? Like he he knows stuff going on right now that we don't even have the capacity to know. Like God grieved even in this this time of Noah, it says in Genesis, God grieved the sins and, and the fact that he made people who were just going against him. He grieved. So even as my heart is heavy and I'm thinking of the events, I I man, it leads me to, to deeper prayer and it leads me to, to further connect with God versus abandoning him. So I pray that encourages you too. So whatever that may look like for you, that you just stay anchored and have faith and hope, this assurance to know that not only is God good and great and amazing, but that his plan his plan will supersede everything. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast this week. I'm so glad that you were hanging out with me this week. Head to the blog, CourageousRadiance.com, free resources, prayer calendar section. There is a May prayer calendar that you can put in your email address, your information, and y'all, every single month you get freebies, but specifically this month, you'll get that free prayer calendar to just equip you along your way every single day. I can't wait to hear from you.